Hey everybody, this is Ray Wally Hubbard and you're listening to the California Country Show. Howdy folks, what's going on? It's Dave Bernal, also known as Just Dave, and thank you so much for being here for another episode of the California Country Show podcast. I'm super stoked. Texas legend, singer, songwriter, extraordinaire, Ray Wiley Hubbard is going to be joining me. Man, did we have a great time talking, and you know, the cool thing about Ray Wiley Hubbard is that he has always been a humble dude who just imagines himself to be kind of on the fringe of music. And then all these great people like Eric Church will write a song and mentions him and that'll become a big hit. And all of a sudden, all this new generation of people will start looking up who the hell is Ray Wiley Hubbard. Well, let me tell you, man, he is behind so many great songs. And of course, you've probably heard Up Against the Wall, Redneck Mother. He wrote that song. He's been having to tell that story probably thousands of times. And I had to ask one more time. But I think I got some new information about that. But what's new with Ray Wiley Hubbard now is that he is part of Big Machine Records, which for an independent guy, that's a pretty crazy thing. I mean, Big Machine's responsible for most of the pop country that you hear on the radio today. But they took a liking to him, and they released his newest album called Co-Starring. And what that is is a bunch of collaborations with a bunch of great artists in the country world. He's got the Cadillac 3 on there, Paula Nelson and Elizabeth Cook, Ashley McBride, one of my favorite acts, Larkin Poe. And one of the songs has got Don Was, Joe Walsh, Chris Robinson, and Ringo Starr on it. And that's just the first song on the album. And you're going to hear some clips from that album. I could play a bunch of stuff from the history of Ray Wiley Hubbard, but I thought I would focus on this podcast with some of these newer collaborations that we've got going on. So stay tuned at the end of the California Country Show interview with Ray Wiley Hubbard. I will be previewing who we've got next on the schedule. And dude, it is good. There's some good stuff coming. I'm sitting here at home. I'm working on it all the time. I promise you all this material will get out there in the world. And of course, I always keep playing independent artists. And as a musician, you guys know me. The questions that I ask these people a lot of times have something to do with what we can learn trying to be independent artists, and especially now, what we can learn trying to be independent artists during quarantine, which is a lot harder to do when we can't just get out there and gig all the time. Also, too, stay tuned. I've got a lot of cool events that we've got coming up that we're going to try to do a lot of great, good things in the world for our struggling honky-tonks, our struggling artists, And, you know, yeah, maybe I'll make a few bucks in between by selling some California Country Show swag as well. And, of course, soon we'll be adding sponsors. And I appreciate any bit of help that you guys can give me. You guys have been wonderful so far. And I I don't expect much from you. But all I can say is I thank you for your support in advance. Now, give me that money. Not just kidding. In the meantime, please enjoy this interview with Ray Wiley Hubbard on the California Country Show podcast. My grandma told my mama this boy gonna be the one gonna have a fast left hand same as the seventh son and then she lit a candle 
and set it on a river skull She touched a nine-volt battery to a water still wall There's a fire, there's a fire There's a fire burning all the time There's a fire, there's a fire There's a fire burning all the time Person I've got a lot of questions for, but I kind of feel like I just want to sit back and listen to his stories, storied songwriter, and uh, we're going to go ahead and call him legend. I don't know how comfortable he feels about that, but I'm talking to Ray Wiley Hubbard. How you doing, my man? I am doing great. You know, I actually prefer the term icon, but uh, legend, <laughs> go. I'll go with today. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go with icon. That sounds good. And um, <laughs> where are you calling from? I'm in Wimberley, Texas. It's about uh, 30, 40, 30, 35 miles southeast of Austin, Texas, just at the beginning of the hill country. Okay. And it, it's a small town and a lot of other, uh, well, Kevin Welch, great songwriter, is my neighbor about three houses down. And Susan Gibson, who wrote Wide Open Spaces, lives here. And Alejandro Escovedo, uh, he may oh, yeah. have moved back to Austin in a little bit, but it's a great little community. And when you head out of town from there, mm-hmm. I mean, wh- how long is the drive from the cities that you normally head into? Well, it's uh, it, it's it's about a, about an hour into Austin, maybe an hour into San Antonio. Of course, lately we haven't been going anywhere, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And uh, but uh, yeah, like I say, it, we've been here about twenty-two years. We found an old abandoned log home and got it and been fixing it up for the last twenty years. But it, it's home. And your wife Judy is your yeah. is your manager as well. Yes, she is. She's uh, she's my owner, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I tell people that if it wasn't for Judy, I would have everything I own in a shoebox, and I'd be looking for a happy hour gig. You know, she uh, she takes uh, takes care of you know keeps 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 the machine uh, rolling. Well, being an so, artist, you know, I mean, I, I know from experience, you don't always go into business mode all the time as an artist. You kind of have to, you need someone in your corner like that. Yeah, you really do. I mean, even though it's like music, business, show business, the, the music, I kind of know how to do that. But the business part of it is, oh, it's just uh, until recently, I haven't had anything to do with it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I know your music from being someone who's been an Outlaw Country fan for a while. Um, of course, hearing stories of, um, you know, Willie Nelson mentioning you yeah. and uh, and Eric Church as well. A lot of people listening to this show are are big fans of what they call alt country. And uh-huh. I don't even know how to classify things anymore, Ray. If I like it, I play it. Yeah, that's it. That's important. If, if, you know, if it's good, I like it. You know, that's yeah. So you're in. Uh, that's right. If you like it, you play it. Because everyone's got their writing process or, or stuff like that. But for me me interviewing you i kind of feel like you just you just paint pictures i mean where do you when you sit down to actually get these lyrics down like what is what is going through your mind well i feel i've mentioned this before i feel very fortunate to be able to write about whatever i want to write to you know i I you mentioned judy i i sleep with the head of my publishing company (laughs) which which is judy and so she says you write whatever you want to write and make the records you want to make. And then she says, I'll try to, you know, sell the damn things. But as a writer, that's really a good place because I've never been, uh, you know, I, I'm not writing because I, 
I have a deal with a publishing company that I owe them 12 songs a year. I'm not writing because I'm trying to get someone to cut the song. I'm just writing because I can go, ah, down there's a snake farm. I'll, <laughs> I'll write about that. Yeah. You know, and so I feel very fortunate that I, that I, I can, uh, whatever, whenever the inspiration hits, whatever the, the great aha, you know, aha, that'd be a good idea for a song. You know, I can write about, you know, uh, uh, Mississippi John Hurt, or I can write about, you know, just about any, uh, any, anything I want to just, and, and, and that, and that, like I say, that's a good place to me because I've never been, you know, full tilt mainstream. I've always been all, you know, whatever country outlaw, whatever. They always try to label it, but it's just, you know, yeah. again, if the story's good, the music's good, man, just play the thing. And, uh, yeah. You mentioned, uh, was it Mississippi John Hurt? I, I think we should go right into talking about your brand new album called Co-Starring okay. with Pam Tillis on the record. Um, yeah. Larkin Poe, who I'm a monster fan of them right now. I am too. Oh, man. And then you've got um, Ringo, Don Was, Joe Walsh, and Chris Robinson of the Black Crows, and that's just the first song on the record. So <laughs> how, how did this all come together? Well, the whole record is not anything I planned uh, where I said, I'm going to do this record with all these people. It just it kind of fell into place. Uh, uh, I, I opened a... Some shows for Cadillac Three, and I wrote the song "Fast Left Hand." I said, "Hey, you guys want to go in and track it?" And they said, "Sure." And then, and then I went in with, uh, uh, you know, uh, Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown, and we did that. And then through them, I met Lark and Poe, and I said, "Hey, would you sing on this song?" And so it just kind of fell into place. Uh, but like I say, it wasn't anything I planned. And then the the Ringo thing. Uh, I've known Ringo for about five or six years, and we were selling out in Santa Fe at the Opera House couple of years ago and he said what are you doing so well i'm making this record and he said well, if you need a drummer let me know oh. i thought he was just being you know gracious yeah, like what you say at the end of a, yeah 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 give me yeah, a call yeah sure, well thank yeah. you yeah, you know but anyhow <laughs> i wrote the song bad trick and um and i sent it to a fellow named brent carpenter who does all ringo's video and i said i got this song here do you think it was serious and he said well i'll ask him and then uh all of a sudden i got this text this was about a year and a half ago it said be in la be in la next wednesday at two o'clock and I'll play drums on the track. Oh, so I flew out there and went to his house and he has a great little studio there in his house, just a, a drum room and just a little, uh, engineering room. And he played drums on it. And then he said, who are you going to get to play bass? And I said, well, I don't know. And he said, how about Don was? And I said, well, I don't really know him. I've met him once. He said, well, I'll ask him. He said, who's going to play guitar? And I went, well, and he, and, I, and he said, how about my brother-in-law? And I went, okay. And then I ran into Chris uh, somewhere in Austin, and I said, hey, man, I'm doing this record. And he said, well, you want me to sing on it? And I went, yeah. And he said, okay. And so it just kind of happened, you know. Uh, uh, you know, I had, actually was there when Ringo played the track, but then he sent it to Joe, and Bruce Sugar, his engineer, took it to Joe and did his, and Don did his part, I think, in San Francisco. So but like I say, David, it just all kind of happened. It wasn't anything I really planned yeah, and so that kind of turned into this album, co-starring, yeah. which I don't know how it came together, but you know, every artist that's on the track, you know, you've got Paula Nelson and Elizabeth Cook on one of them, which I enjoy that song greatly. It felt like we were writing these things. I don't know if you thought about who you'd have come with you on this, but it was like it's almost just as much their story as it is yours in these lyrics. They're they're so well done. Well, I, I thank you, and I think you know you're right about that. It's like I got the song uh, "Outlaw Blood," and all of a sudden I just went, well, "Who but Ashley McBride, who has this you know really 
outlaw attitude about her. Mm-hmm. And then um, kind of with the uh, same thing with Larkin Poe, Rattlesnake Shake and Woman. I was a big fan of Peter Green and Fleetwood Mac, and they used to do a song called Rattlesnake Shakes. I wrote this song about a woman who just, you know, is at a place and sees the band and goes up and asks the, lead, the guitar player, hey, let's go outside and kiss, you know. So, well, Larkin Poe. So each song kind of told me who would really be perfect on it. And so it, it, it just, uh, and then each, each one of their, each song, their personality really does come through on it. The song that, you know, that I wrote. Well, it's hard to keep Larkin Poe's personality out, out of anything that they do. Uh, they're just on fire right now. I'm, I'm a monster fan of them. And Ashley McBride, too. We play her on the yeah. radio as well. The, the women that I had on it, you know, with, with Larkin Poe and Ashley McBride and uh, Pam Tillis, I have so much respect for them. You know, uh, as musicians, as entertainers, as songwriters, because of their attitude, they have an incredible presence about them. They're almost empowered and just, you know, and I just love them to death. So I said, in all the songs, they really brought a lot to it with what they contributed. And so as far as this climate that we're in, I I assume that, you know, coming out with a, an album uh, like this, we there probably were plans uh, to put some shows together to tour off of oh, this yeah. stuff. I mean, what was your what was your experience like in quarantine, just kind of seeing this stuff disappear? Well, we were, we're hoping to have the record out in in March for South by Southwest, you know, and then all of a sudden, oh, wow. that, yeah. and then all of a sudden, everything just fell apart. And we talked to uh, the big machine people, and they said, "Let's put it out because they 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 really believed in the record." And uh, so we said, well, let's put it out in July. You know, the old thing of, you know, you can't do in stores and, you you know, doing gigs where you uh, the, the old CD release gig. And so uh, that's that's been very uh, strange, as a matter of fact. But it's like uh, we had to had to put the record out and see what happened, even you know, in a pandemic. And let's just put it out and see see what happens to it. And what, what kind of response are you are you getting from doing this quarantine type of release? We're having a really a great response. I'm doing a lot of cool interviews, <laughs> right? You know, that's right. And uh, so, so there you go. You know, and uh, and and uh, so you know, and and that's uh, you know, the the thing is though is is you know, I'm an old cat, but and it's still such a joy to perform. You know, to to grab a guitar and walk on stage and perform and see the audience smile and be a part of it. So that, you know, that's, that's, uh, I miss that, but we're, uh, you know, we're, uh, doing what we can and, you know, trying being safe. And, uh, and we've done, I think we've done some streams where we've, we raised some money, I think from music cares and the Wimberley food bank and oh, yeah, that, Austin yeah. bartenders and waitresses. So we're, we're seeing what we can do, but, it, but, to, but, uh, you know, like you say, it, it, it's very different right now. Yeah. I feel like everyone possibly assumed that we'd probably be out of it by now. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, we just keep making the, ah, Topo Chico. Excellent. Excellent choice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everyone thought we'd be out of it by now. And, you know, we, we oh, can't, yeah. we can't stop our progress. We got to keep working on it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, being safe is the number one thing, right? It's a thing too, as like I say, as a, you know, mentioned, but, but for me is, is I keep trying to learn new things. Like I'm really trying to learn to be more technical, more get into uh, more of, you know, streaming and, and understanding how to do this. Uh, and, and so like I say, it's like when I, 
I got, you know, clean and sober at 41. I said, I want to be a real songwriter. So I learned to finger pick and then I learned open tunings and I learned slide. And by learning new things, that gives a song a door to come through that wasn't there before. You know, like if I hadn't learned uh, drop down D, I wouldn't have probably got, you know, a certain song. Yeah. So I'm, even though we're kind of holed up and everything, and I'm still trying to learn new things. Yeah. When I started uh, doing the live streaming, um, even just the Zoom interviews, but, you know, performing live, there's a whole other skill set that, you know, we had to get forced to learn how to do. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's, you know, you know, chewing gum and patting your head. You know, it's just, oh, it's, it's. But like I say, I enjoy learning new things. It kind of keeps me uh, interested, you know, because otherwise, you know, with the pandemic, you know, there's the the fear of it and there's this kind of depressing thing like well we can't do anything and so you know but by learning new things and being grateful you know we don't i don't crawl under the bed and just curl up in the ball you know i'm trying to still contribute and i think that's uh that that, that keeps me uh keep, keep, keeps me optimistic she come up to me when my band took a break Little angel on my shoulder whispered, she's a mistake. The woman licked her lips and said, let's go outside. Little devil was whistling, I can't be satisfied. What a woman, what a woman. The woman, she knows what she does. to now that's been sort of the, the inspiring you well <laughs> the new lark and pole record i, I mean I know, just i <laughs> it just came out i love that record get those girls and on they, the phone for me ray i need to interview them there's it's uh, okay. I, I love it too i love that record <laughs> I'll, I'll call uh, i'll call rebecca after we get through here and thanks and buddy turn her on to it Appreciate but no uh, uh them and i'll say you know like i say people ask me say well who do you listen to and i usually listen to like my friends you know like hayes carl or mcmurtry or gurf morex whenever they whenever they put out a record I, I immediately go to that and pam tillis just has a new record that's just killer and um kind of somebody else i would just listen to okay oh and tyler bryant and the shakedown like i say i, oh, cool. I kind of yeah. listening to people on my record but also, like say, friends of mine too. And what was the experience like? Um, you know, Big Machine as a record label. Um, I, I don't really see them as someone who, you know, to be honest with you, when I read that your records on Big Machine, I said Ray Wiley Hubbard. But you know, they found you, and and it seems like a great relationship. What was that like? Well, I'd, I'd already done the record. You know, I made the record and had it done. We had already been mixed. And I ran into a fellow named Julian Raymond there in Nashville at the Gibson Guitar Showcase. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, well, you know, I just made this record. And he goes, really? And I said, yeah. And I was just trying to. And I said, yeah, I got one track with a beetle, an eagle, a crow, and a was not was. And so that got his attention. So uh he said could i hear it so i sent it to him then he called me and he said scott bruschetta liked it. i played it for him he'd like to talk to you about a deal so judy and i went up there and met him and he was really gracious and everything and he said i'd like to put this record out and my thought was kind of like you like why you know i'm an old yeah. kind of folk blues roots you know uh country blues cat 
And uh, he said, I, he said, I, he said, I've been a fan of your writing for a long, long time. And he said, I'd really like to put this record out. And I, I said, well, you know, I don't really sell a lot of records. And he said, well, hopefully we can remedy that. <laughs> and so <laughs> they uh, were really good. And, and they, their team has been uh, really, it was just one of those things that we just said, well, we, why not? We've got to, we've got to, to do it. And so it's just been, uh, they've been really, really great to work for. And like I say, Julian and Scott and all those guys at, the, at there, they've been really instrumental in, you know, doing what they can to help promote the record during a, you know, pandemic. So yeah, it, it's kind of a strange thing. And, uh, but I'm very, very happy. Yeah. You didn't think that the, the, these Nashville, these polished Nashville guys would be coming on, you know, hanging out in Texas, but it, uh, it works. It really works. Well, it's really, you know, I've never been a mainstream uh, writer, you know, I mean, uh, I've always kind of been over here in this outlaw five, but then I guess it was about five or six years ago. I'll make this really brief. Gene and I were watching Criminal Minds, right? And so I get this text from uh, Ronnie Dunn, and he said, Eric Church just name-dropped you in a song at the CMA Award Show in Nashville. Oh, So I yeah. said, Judy, Eric Church just name-dropped me in a song uh, uh, on the CMA Award Show, and Judy said, well, we're not changing the channel till Spencer Fuss, the serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the next day, I had to find out about this song called Mr. Misunderstood. Right or he name dropped Elvis Costello, me and Jeff Twitty. And then uh, just, he was, was really gracious in doing that. Then he called me up and said, let's go, come up to Dallas and sing with him. And I met him. And um, so, you know, I've kind of through him, I've kind of met some other people through him. I met Ashley McBride and it, it opened some doors in Nashville that, you know, obviously been closed to me. <laughs> For a long time. Well, it, it's, you know, and a lot of people discovered you from Mr. Misunderstood, that lyric, or just said, oh, cool, I'm, I, this is a reference I should probably know, thanks to Eric Church. I should probably go look this guy up a bit and see. Yeah, it's it's really, I could say, I think, gosh, uh, Blackberry Smoke name dropped me in a song, and <laughs> yeah, cool. so did Hayes Carl, and I'm going, why is that? And I guess, uh, you know, somehow that uh, my, my songwriting I guess they they dug it, you know, somehow. So that's kind of how that how that happened too. And your relationship with Eric Church continues. I mean, you guys recorded that song together as well. Yeah, he called me up and he said, "I want to write a song called Desperate Man." So I mean, Dave, I was just being a smart ass. So I said, "Well, one time I was so desperate, I went to see a fortune teller to get my future read, and she said I didn't have one." You know, just being a smart ass. Sure. And all of a sudden he says, "Okay, we'll make that the last verse." And, you know, Fortune Teller told me, and I went, whoa. So we uh, went up there, wrote the song, and he said, this is going to be the title of the album, and was, was appreciative of it. You know, he just, he was, uh, it really was a, a thrill. It's good to see that kind of stuff happening. You know, all us all us people who listen to the fringy things anyway, I mean, we're just yeah. like, yeah, now, welcome, yeah, see, no, really yeah. great. And your time in Texas, I mean, just just from hearing stories, I, I I heard your name mentioned a few times. I was listening to uh, Willie Nelson's picnic recap on on the July Fourth, yeah. uh, listening back, and um, just the memories that you guys have on on stage, uh, either together. I, I don't think people 
know half the things that you guys bullshit with each other on stage uh, or off, to be honest with you. Well, it's like I say, there, I, I met Willie, gosh, I, a long, long time ago. Uh, there was a club in Dallas called 57 Doors, and Willie got fired from this club called the Western Place because he was letting his hair grow. And so uh, this old guy booked him over at 57 Doors, and 57 Doors used to have a, a band house where they, they would put all the band members. And so I went over and met Willie over there at the, at the club, and then I met a girl and we took her over to the band house and uh later that night willie forgot his key and we were and the girl were in this room and all of a sudden the window opens <laughs> <laughs> and willie came crawling in through the window and goes i forgot my key i couldn't find my key and so uh you know they, so anyhow but then we just uh he he's always been very you know he's incredible he's an icon but he but he he's so generous with his time and i've you know, we we just kind of hit it off, and they kidnapped me one time, took me to a beer fest in Milwaukee, and uh, the kidnapping story. Yeah, yeah, I know about. It. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was just they picked me up and put me on a bus, and I ended up in Milwaukee. And and Willie's band, they were pretty wild back then with uh, you know Jody Payne and Chris Etheridge and a whole bunch of those cats. And it got they were they would wear me down. It got so rough that coming back to Chicago, I said, saw Jerry Jeff was playing. I said, let me let me off and hang with Jerry Jeff. You guys are too much for me. But you know, to, to, to get back to it is is they. I think the thing the 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 the, the, the thing that really bonds out all these cast together is the songwriting. You know, Willie's an incredible songwriter, and mm-hmm. Jerry Jeff and Murphy and everybody. I think there's that respect that 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 songwriters have for each other now we don't see this because we only hear the recorded version but i i imagine sitting around you know a, a campfire or a tour bus or any room that that people find i just imagine songwriters being like hey man what do you think of this what do you think of this little thing i got uh going on here or, or whatever have you do you have stories of hearing like hit songs before they were hit songs uh just from being oh, there well- yeah, there used to be a, a the the football coach for the uh, University of Texas was Daryl Rule, and back in the seventies, he used to have these uh, picking parties kind of over at different places, and you know you would go in there, and all of a sudden, you know it'd be Guy Clark and Jerry Jeff and Townsman Desant and gosh Rusty Weir and just all these guys, and they just kind of pass around a guitar, and all of a sudden. Uh, and this was before, you know, people were actually recording albums, you know. So the only way that you could really hear a Towns Van Zandt was to hear him live at a club or at a little thing like that. Sure. And so, yeah, there were, uh, oh, gosh, it, there was, uh, it, the, the, that was, but you know, you're right. It was pretty amazing. And all of a sudden, you know, a young kid, Willis Allen Ramsey comes in. He's like 19 and he gets joins the circle and all of a sudden he, plays spider john you go whoa you know and so um yeah there were some incredible nights of of hearing um you know incredible songs you know and i think that's the thing here in austin too is uh and you know that all the great songwriters here you, you hone your craft you know like I say also and but you can't have a big ego because then you write a song you go wow this song is great and then also you go into some club and you see James McMurtry do level and you go, uh, so, you know, it, it keeps you humble, Yeah, but it also, 
sets the bar where you try to to write as good a song as you can. Are you much into co-writing? I have been lately. I, I, I didn't uh, for a long time, but lately I've been into it. In fact, I just did a Zoom co-write with uh, uh, Randy Rogers. And, oh, cool. uh, yeah. and then one with Gurf Borlicks, too. And then uh, I went up to, oh, gosh. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've, I've been getting more into it. You know, for a long period of time, my favorite quote or at the time was Roger Miller used to say, writing a song is like an old cat having kittens. You just crawl off under the porch by yourself and do it. <laughs> you know, and that's what you do sometimes with writing. So you just do it. But to answer your question, I have uh, got into uh co-writing and, it, and it's i really enjoy it too i can see you are a woman of taste by your ribbon mcintyre tattoo and i love the way you wear your hair you're as hard as a cutlass 442 you impressed me when you went to the jukebox and played a boy named sue Like a sailor on leave, you're a cowboy's dream come true. I'm gonna drink till I see double and take one of you home. You look like my kind of trouble, and I don't wanna drink alone. No lasting obligations, we both seems to me like the natural way of doing things is like a whole team of writers but for me yeah. it's like you know some of my favorites are somebody that just has a personal touch and just gets a little bit of advice from someone like hey what would you do here what yeah. would you do here well i haven't done the whole nashville thing of going around with a bunch of different writers and say hey we got to write a song for you know kenny chesney and then everybody works on that i just it's usually been just one other guy or one other girl mm -hmm. you know and uh and, and, you know, it's, I really enjoy it. it. It's it's a good experience. It's it's a learning experience to go in and write with someone, you know. I'm sure humbling, too. I, I think the, for oh, me, yeah. it's just like, hey, I got this great idea. And they're like, yeah, what uh, what else you got? You got something yeah, else? Yeah, what else you got? <laughs> no, it's... Uh, eh, not today. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wrote with Ashley McBride. First time I met her was up in Nashville, and somebody set it up and everything. So I met Ashley, and Ashley, she just kind of just, you know, lights up a room. And so she sat down, and so I looked at her and I said, "Do you have a problem with singing the line virtue is overrated?" And she goes, "No." And I said, "Okay, then let's write this song." You know, and <laughs> and so uh, you know, she she's one of those writers, you know, like Park and Poe, or uh, you know that that or you know like Eric Church that are fearless. You know, they just will write as you know to quote Townsend's for the sake of the song not thinking about what's going to happen to it just to make that song the best they can. I think that but, might uh, be the the secret that you've been sort of tapped into all this time is that if you write a song based on how much money you think you're going to make off of yeah. it or or how many plays you're going to get, um, it, it's probably going to send you in a different direction that you don't want to go down. Well, it would put you in a box. Like I say, back when I was 
41, I got clean and sober. And at 42, I said, I want to try to be a real songwriter. So that I overcame this fear of embarrassment and said, will you teach me how to finger pick? And then, uh, and then somewhere in there, I made a commitment that I was going to write songs to see what I could contribute rather than just what I could get. You know, I wasn't going to write songs to, because I had a publishing deal or write songs to try to get. So I was just going to write songs that maybe would bring, make somebody smile, make somebody groove, make somebody think, you know? So, mm-hmm. and that, uh, that way I'm, I'm unlimited. I'm not, you know, like in a box trying to, uh, right for any other purpose than just like, well, I just brought this song, you know, bad trick. Which is a, a badass song. It, um... Well, that's a weird thing too, is that that's a song that Judy and I have been married for 30 years. And that's the first song that we've ever written. I had a, had a really rough gig. The sound was squeaky and everything. And the, the promoter was a little sketchy because there was a difference in the head count. And so I got back about four o'clock in the morning and I walk in and Judy goes, how was the gig? And I go, man, it was a rough gig. And so then Judy goes, well, everybody turns a bad trick every now and then. And I just went, yeah, I guess so. You know, no matter what you do, once, once a while you have to, you do something and it's not uh, your expect, it doesn't meet your expectations. So we sit down and wrote all these kind of lines, just, you know, you gotta, you want to be a, you gotta have a scourge, want to be a poet get weeds out of the garden you got to hoe it you know and just yeah. it just kind of happened so yeah that was uh so she's a big time songwriter now yes she is <laughs> got, got, yeah part of that publishing yep exactly and you yeah. know that's what's what's cool about that is that i know i'm like hearing chris robinson sing it. it's like yeah yeah oh, he yeah. knows that story too you know they all know that story yeah well it's a, you know chris had when he has such an incredible rock and roll voice you know and he's just a great cat so uh, he's he's really uh they they would I feel very very grateful that they all you know w- would do that for me. Now, when you tour, it doesn't seem to me like you're a very difficult guy to work with. Uh, you know, some bands have very <laughs> tough writers. I imagine you kind of walking in, you know, guitar over, plug me in, we, yeah. let's go. There's got to be some really bad gigs though. Even a guy like you would probably just uh, lose their top. Just. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's <laughs> very, very rarely. Like I say, that one was, that's not even kind of brought it up because it was just kind of, it was uh, different. I mean, I feel very fortunate that we uh, I have a drummer and my and my son, we do two guitars and drums hmm. and uh, we're pretty can set up and uh, uh, know how to do it. And, you know, and then, and it's still, and it's, it's fun, you know, it's still a fun, a fun thing for me. I don't think we have a big rider. You know, I think we got Topo Chico in the writer. Uh, <laughs> if we're in Texas, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, uh, uh, they should have that anyway. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, and 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 like I say, they're they're professional, you know, stand up guys. You know, they, and so uh, and we got a guy named Aaron. He's just a great road guy. Takes care of everything, drives it. So the four of us just show up and play, and and then hopefully get paid and leave. <laughs> hopefully yeah uh, that's a good time and have you guys gotten i mean during the quarantine i i you know obviously your son and, yeah. and things like that but you know you guys got to be really careful out there are um are you performing we're, online is there is there this kind of um are there yeah shows we happening? have we're rescheduled uh everything we're not doing anything in august we're just kind of waiting each month to, to kind of dictate what's 
what, what you know what's going to happen. But like I said, we have done some streams where we've uh, raised money for different uh, you know charities and things. So right. and and then, you know we we uh, you know we're, we're doing what we can. Like you, you know, we're just everybody's doing what they can right now. Yeah. I mean, what do you what do you think about all these uh, all these storied honky tonks that might not reopen again? Yeah, it's uh, man, I, I, you know, it, it it's scary in a way. Besides, you know, the actual fear of the virus, you know, there's actual fear of like, well, the future, what's, how's it going to work? But I think, you know, at some point, it, it's like live music is, you know, once it gets over, people, I think, are going to be real excited about it. I think, you know, every gig is going to be. You know, Super Bowl, every gig, you know, is going to be, yeah. you know, New Year's Eve. I mean, people are going to be, once they can get out and feel safe and get that rapport of, 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 of like the magic and the, that live music brings people, oh, I think it's going to, you know, just be on the upswing. But yeah, it is, it is uh, sad that a lot of these places are closing. And bartenders and waitresses and sound men and road crew, you're going, whoa, you know. It's just, uh, it, 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 it is, uh, it's sad. I know I was uh, streaming live and we're going to start doing some things with the, with the radio. I, I play music and harmonica yeah. and things like that too. So, but I was streaming live and I did one, I was just telling the story in, in an earlier interview, but um, I, I performed for like a porch party kind of a thing like right, that. Yeah. And you're used to like, you know, streaming online. Hey, how are you guys doing? Cool. Oh, reading the comments. Yeah. Okay. That's nice. Here you go. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. You know, all right, Bucky over there. Cool. Hey, Oklahoma, how you doing? And um yeah. but the the singing and then performing and then ending the song and then hearing yeah. live applause. It was the great I was like, oh man, I forgot what this sounded like. It was Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. most looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. It's uh and it is like I say, is be able when we've done the streams and see the little hearts and things show up and questions and we've done uh, you know, ask Ray Wiley a question on air and done, and done that. And it, it's, uh, uh, it, it's different, but it's, it's, uh, you know, it's still, you're sharing something mm-hmm. with people and I think in contributing to, to whatever, you know, somehow. And so I think that's the important thing about it. Club soda don't always remove ketchup stains. Ain't nothing you can take is gonna cure a migraine. Broken dreams is a premise in a mice and men And everybody turns a bad trick now and then You got to have some scars if you wanna be a poet And get weeds out of a garden You got to hold it Possession with intent will get you five to ten And everybody turns a bad trick now and then so we always in the California country show of course we ask about who you're into and things like that I with the podcast I like to talk about you know, of course, what you're working on now, especially for the radio mm-hmm. show, and then, of course, uh, kind of how it started out. But, um, you know, a lot of people were also introduced to you by the song, you know, that you composed, Redneck Mother, 
Um, Check, please. I'm out of here. Yeah, That's why I wait till the very end of this. Um, I'm just kidding. But where, where I want to know is um, during that time, when did it start happening for you as the solo artist? Well, it was it was actually I think Jared Jeff did it on Beaver Tlingman. Actually, gave him my middle name. You know, there was incredible. I started off in high school with Michael Murphy. You know, he was a senior and I was a sophomore, and he played an assembly and said, this is a song I wrote and went songwriter. Whoa. And then uh, I got in a little folk group. And uh, then somewhere up in New Mexico, we were just uh, having a little, you know, jam session one night and ran out of beer. I went into this really hardcore redneck country club and, you know, got a, got a little discussion, came back. And I think B.W. Stevenson, it's your turn to sing. And I went, well, he was born in Oklahoma because I saw a pickup truck with Oklahoma plates and a gun rack. So, uh, you know, when that, it was, it was just, it was kind of our answer to, you know, Oki from Muskogee and fighting side of me, it was a hippie thing, you know, and the country was really divided back then, almost like it is. I mean, to I mean, this extent now, kind of a close parallel for sure. Yeah. And so, uh, it was just kind of a thing where the, the, you know, kind of hippies would sing and laugh and, you know, cut up. And then, uh, Jerry Jeff was in, uh, Lukenbach and was wanted to record it. And so I, you know, I said, why? <laughs> and, sure. uh, and so they, uh, you know, and so at that time, then all of a sudden it was Bob Livingston who, whose voice on Beaver Tlingua says this song is by Ray Wiley Hubbard. Yeah. I, yeah. those recording, yeah. The Jerry Jeff Walker recording, um, yeah. all those famous, um, I guess you could say Texas anthems is what we're, yeah. we're going with here. And, uh, and so I got a middle name cause I've been Ray Hubbard folk singer up to that point, you know, and it was a very, uh, it was it was good and bad because at the time, you know, it was the only song I was known for, Rub Against the Wall, Redneck Mother, sure. right? Yeah. So I'd go in these old honky tonks and I'd walk on stage, I'd go, play Redneck Mother. I'd play Redneck Mother and I'd go, here's another song I wrote. And they'd go, play Redneck Mother again. <laughs> so, I hate you know, people. it was, it was, a, <laughs> it was a funky time. But, uh, yeah. you know, but then that whole scene at that time in Austin, which has a lot to do with um, California, you know, because of uh, the whole cosmic cowboy thing with Jerry Jeff and Michael Murphy Michael, and yeah. Willie Nelson. Mm-hmm. Then you had, you know, the Flying Burrito Brothers and, and Graham Parsons and, uh, you know, all that, you know, uh, God, Juice Newton and all those cats. You know, kind of there was that connection there of the, uh, you know, long haired guy in a cowboy hat and boots, you know? And so it was, it was, there was a, a really, a, a bond there between, you know, Austin and Texas and of course, California. And then of course, uh, you know, Janice Joplin up in uh, San Francisco, Bay, yeah. Grateful Dead and elevators and all that stuff. So yeah, that was, uh, it was an incredible time, but the music, its foundation was in just really cool, good songs, you know? And that, and that was, a. Uh, uh, you know, it was a, it was a great, t- it was a wild time. Yeah, I'll bet. It's just kind of funny to, to, to imagine all these like three named hippie redneck dudes yeah. just running around and uh, trying to establish, um, you know, a bit of um, stand out from, from kind of the crowds. I mean, what, what a time to be alive. Well, it was really, you know, it, it came back down, David, I think to, to the songs, you know, Murphy was writing, you know, Cosmic Cowboy and Wildfire and Geronimo's Cadillac and, Jerry Jeff had Bojangles and then, mm-hmm. you know, and then of course, like I say, 
uh, Graham Parsons and all that. I mean, just they, it, the songs were so, so just, they still hold up today. You know, they really do. Any of those albums you put on and they're still valid. And I think that was the, 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 the glue that held the whole uh, scene together. Well, you kind of brought up the parallel to what we're going through today and the division of the nation, you know. Yeah. We, we, we tend to, maybe it's because we're online, we see it a little more, you know, quicker, but, you know, people tend to, to get really mean really fast and, and to think that they know you from one comment that you make. Yeah. Um, what, it, what about the younger artists today? I mean, the, a lot of them are, are kind of fighting a battle when you think about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a definitely... Uh, a, a strange time, you know, especially if you're, you know, starting out as a, as a songwriter and, you know, the, it's um, like I say, I, I did the Grand Ole Opry, I guess last year, Pam Tillis was very responsible for you to be on that. And someone said, man, you're 72 years old. Isn't that kind of old to be making your Grand Ole Opry debut? And yeah. I said, well, I didn't want to peak too soon. You know what <laughs> I mean? And I still feel like there's goals i'm not a nostalgia act i'm trying to write songs that are valid and and everything and i think these a lot of these young writers uh i mean there's an obstacle there you know that they really have to 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 really you know uh just really try to write good songs no matter what you know and they're and like say some of these young guys i, I call them young guys like hayes and mcmurtry and uh those guys are just Aaron Lee Tash, and you know that they're. I've got a lot of respect for them. Yeah, it's a new world. It's definitely a new world, and yeah. you know, because everyone wants. To, I mean, I don't. You know, politically, I think it was okay to 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 do that, and and now it's just like, you know, people can go after the president can go after you if he doesn't like something that you said. So it's uh, it, it, yeah, it's, it's a wild it's, uh, wild time. It really is, and it, and it it's just uh, it 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 became so easy to. To, to to hate, you know, to, you know, it seemed like it used to be, you wouldn't, oh, it's just, it's, it's, it's a definitely a different time. Yeah. I feel you had to be smarter with your words back then, even if you were getting into a bar fight, but uh, <laughs> na- nowadays, since it's yeah. so easy to tweet that you hate something, I think people are just so used yeah. to saying it that now they're just empowered and emboldened to say it out in, in public. And it's just like, first of all, stop spitting on me, put your mask on and, uh, yeah. you know, like treat, people like like human beings and uh well, I don't know. Like the whole thing about the mass thing would just be doing it out of kindness <laughs> you know rather than a putting a, a political stance on it you're going ah, you know just how hard is it to do that to think of other people uh, and yeah it's 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 definitely wacky it's a little wacky so mm-hmm. now that you've got this album of collaborations out are you working on anything new in that same spirit in the same spirit, we're going to do co-starring too. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and but we're doing kind of a Texas edition. I went in and tracked. I've got oh, I've got Jesse Dayton and Hayes Carl and um, the Blue Bonnets and uh, the Peterson Brothers and Shiny Ribs. I love Shiny. I got Ribs. Willie yeah. on a track, and I've got some other songs. We're probably going to try to go in and oh, late August or September. And uh, some of these, like I say, the great thing now is you can go into a, a studio just. Me and a guitar and engineer and stay aware, wipe everything down, you know, do a a click track so you're in time and in tune. And then you can send it to Lloyd Mains to play steel on it or Charlie Sexton to play guitar. So 
you know, the technology now is really, uh, it's, it's open up to be able to do that. But to answer your question, yeah, we're working on them. I've got all the songs written and we're just probably uh, uh, going into hopefully work on it some more in October, September. That's awesome. Well, you know, consider us over here in California. We still got some good guys running around, although a lot of them did move to Nashville. <laughs> yeah, well, I tell you what. Well, you, did, you did get Ringo on it. He's an L.A. guy now, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, I know it. And, uh, well, hopefully, you know, like I say, is, uh, we'll see. Like I say, we, that was a great thing because I think we'd actually talk to, uh, you know, we're coming out to L.A., you know, we played McCabe's out there and we'd talk to the Troubadour and other people like that to come out there. That's such a great, cool scene in L.A., you know, kind of the – whole underground alt country roots thing that's happening there i think that's part of the purpose of this show too is to kind of like explain you know the extent of of how big of country fans uh there there are out here especially you know alt country and and that and and it exists in california just it just somehow is is not as known well, that's the thing, too, is, you know, it's like with, with the, the, the uh, when people will hear a song by, say, Lucinda or the Jayhawks or Hayes, they go, whoa, what is that? And mm-hmm. then they'll they like it. You know what I mean? But it's just like getting, giving them a, a door that opens to that type of music, like what you're doing. Do what we can. Yeah. As much as we yeah. can here. And so when we do get out into the world again. Um, mm. Are you, are there things just sort of like still waiting there in the wings as far as live shows go? Or are we, are we hoping that something will happen? Well, hopefully, you know, like I say, this thing will, uh, they'll come up with, uh, you know, a cure or, or, or it will flatten out where that we're able to go out safely and, yeah. and perform, you know, where that you're not only feel safe for yourself, but you feel safe for an audience, you know. And then once that happens, like I say, I think it's going to be for a long period of time. It's going to be New Year's Eve every night. People will go, OK, we can go out. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, let's go hang it. You know, these funky clubs. There's and a lot. Say, There's a lot. We have to fix a lot of things, you know, the separation, yeah. Oh, yeah. the, the yeah. air. A lot of people are doing the open air. I actually did a gig um, on July 4th. Um, it was on the back of a flatbed truck in a retirement community and we got mm-hmm. drip we got driven around to play for like wow. groups of like 25 in the little buildings that the uh <laughs> the retired folks were uh you know the um, so they got wow. to be safe in their masks and come outside of the buildings and watch us and dance for a little bit and then the truck kind of took us down the road and we just held oh, on man, how cool is that it, wow. was, uh, it was pretty genius people have to think that way though i think that's yeah the, that's you have to keep need. finding yeah you have to find new avenues but to ask your question once this thing is over you know we're going to hit the road hard you know because as i said earlier it, it's still a joy to play as you know i mean mm-hmm. performing uh is something about it and getting that rapport with the audiences people listening and to see the joy that what you're doing brings to them you know, so hopefully we'll uh, be, you know, once this thing's over, we'll, we'll be ready to go. Right. You know, we'll, we'll retube the amps and restrain the guitars and throw them in the back of the van and, you know, make sure they get a rider right with Topo Chico and we'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Ray Wiley Hubbard, I really appreciate you joining me, man. It means a lot that you'd uh, you'd come on this little independent show. And, uh, well, you know, you know uh, it, 
you made it easy, you know, it was just, and, and it, I really enjoyed it. And hopefully, like I say, we'll, uh, we'll stay in, in contact with us as soon as this thing is over, we'll be out there, come out and sit in on harp oh, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I did it with Bob yeah. Livingston. I, I do. I kind of jump in here and there. I used to do it a lot more. <laughs> uh, actually I did um, right now. I'm actually possibly, I, 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 you know, when boy George comes into town, I do do the boy George gigs, which is kind of funny. You know, Oh man. He says, uh, he said to me, he says, uh, Dave, why do you always dress in those cowboy uh, shirts? You know, and I'm like, I go because I'm a country, country musician. Uh, you know, George. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought you were Indian. Okay, well that's fine. You know, just. Whatever. Oh, that's that's great. Well, yeah, like I say, hopefully I'll I'll, uh, I'll you know have Judy keep your contact information. Please, and yeah, we, Judy, please contact me. That would be great. And uh, really we'll come out there and we'll keep you posted on what we're doing. And uh, like I say, very serious. Come out and you know. We do a lot of songs in E, so bring that A hard. Um, I'll keep it with me. I won't let the security take it from you. You got it. Well, thank you so much. I had a great time, and I'll, I'll stay in touch with you. Thanks, Ray. I appreciate it, man. Well, that was it, my interview with Texas legend Ray Wiley Hubbard. I mean icon, sorry. We're going to go with icon on this broadcast. Thank you, Ray Wiley Hubbard, for joining me. I want to let you know that I chose some clips from some of my favorite songs on the album. But, you know, we mentioned so many great artists, and there's a lot of great material, not only from his back catalog, but from this current album, co-starring, which is available everywhere now. Head to raywiley.com so you can order it directly from him and skip out on that whole Spotify Apple Music uh, middleman thing that, uh, you know, you can stream it. No, stream it and then buy it and then and then get the special one and then, of course, go see him live, especially if it's in California and I'm jamming with him on my A harmonica because he plays a lot of songs in E. So check him out as soon as you can. What a great time I had with Ray. Well, I'm going to get back to my busy weekend of squirrel watching. I put a squirrel feeder out on a tree. It's one of those picnic tables that are small, and I put a GoPro on it, so I'm just going to make movies about that all weekend. But before I go, I want to let you guys know that next episode of the California Country Show podcast is going to be Eddie Perez from the Mavericks. They've got a brand new album coming out of all Spanish tunes called En Español. And after that, I've got the Band of Heathens check in we got a lot of great stuff coming on this california country show podcast if you are joining us for the first time because you're listening to the ray wiley hubbard podcast please subscribe to the california country show podcast on apple podcasts stitcher tune in or spotify just click like or subscribe and you will find out first when these episodes come out and if you are confused in any way why I'm not playing the full songs, that's because this is the podcast and not the radio show. The California Country Radio Show airs weekly on now six radio stations, and I can't announce our sixth affiliate yet, but I can't wait to. So head to California-Country.com or like us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Cal Country Show. Again, this is grassroots. I haven't made a dime off this show yet, but things are starting to happen in a way that means so much more to this community. There's country music in California, folks, and uh, we're going to make sure that the world knows that we got some great music coming out of here. So I thank you. Please find me online. Message me through these apps or on the website. All right, let's do some credits while we're here. This episode of the California Country Show podcast produced and owned by JDB Entertainment, LLC. Dave Bernal, that's me. 
Also, Aubrey Richmond is our talent booker and edited by Devin Pangle. We'll see you guys next time on the California Country Show podcast. Take care of yourselves. Wear a mask. Cheers. Follow the California Country Show online at california-country.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cal Country Show.